Blog Talk Radio. Okay, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Today we have Evangelist Janice Taylor. This coming Saturday, we're going to have a special teaching at 12 noon. This coming Saturday on the Sabbath. And I want to go ahead on and let Sister Janice Taylor introduce you, introduce herself to you. And she has the mic for one hour and 59 minutes. There will be no questions and answers. Once she say amen, you can please email your questions and answers to overtoodnavy1 at gmail.com. January the 15th, I will be in Ghana, African pastor of Pam, my way to get over there. They invited me to do a seminar on the ministry of deliverance in Ghana. So I will be in Ghana for three and a half weeks. All right. I'm going to give it now to Evangelist Janet Taylor. Amen. Amen. Uh, Well, praise the Lord, church, and thank you all for tuning in tonight. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. Um, You can find us on the web at www.wallsoffiredeliveranceMIN.com. You can also mail us uh, or write to us at P.O. Box 1148, Walkertown, North Carolina, 27051 is the zip code. And if you are being blessed by this ministry and would like to sow a seed, you can um, PayPal us or Zelle using um, this email account, jet245 at msn.com. That's J-E-T. 245 at msn.com for Zelle, or you can use uh, our PayPal, uh, which is 336-575-0206. We do want to give God uh, praise for Apostle Emmett Overton, um, the man of God over Fellowship of Deliverance. We want to thank God for him, for him allowing me to be on on at this time. Now, I want to begin um, by blowing the shofar because I believe we are living in that time where we must blow the trumpet in Zion and sound the alarm, uh, as the scriptures have said. So I want to do that at this time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. We want to blow the trumpet in Zion and sound the alarm to wake up the sleeping church. It's time for the church to arise from her slumber and be about her father's business. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Our message tonight comes from... um, It comes from Romans chapter 13 and verse number 11. Now, I started this message on last week, and uh, many of you were tuned in. But let me tell you something. The enemy cut me off after five minutes, 
But I am never moved by what that devil does because Satan did not want this message to go forth. I called the man of God, Apostle Overton. He said, don't worry, we'll put it back on for next week. So we're going to bring this message forth tonight, and it's going to come forth with power, and somebody is going to be blessed tonight. Somebody's going to get delivered. Somebody's going to get set free. And I pray that all that are listening to the sound of my voice are saved in Jesus' name. So let's go to the scriptures. And this is what it says. It says, and knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than we than when we believe. Let me read that again. And that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Glory be to God in the highest. Glory, hallelujah. And the message is, now is the time. Hallelujah. Now is the time. We want to give God thanks for this word. It is a word that is needed. It is a word that um, it, um, it, it, it's, 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 it's important to the time that we are living in. And um, we have uh, a spiritual clock that we need to be paying attention to. And the clock, the spiritual clock is telling us that now is the time. So I just want to begin this message um, with, uh, with the word of God and, and, and just get right into it. You know, for a very long time, um, people have been saying, uh, they have been mocking the church, saying, oh, y'all been saying that a long time. Jesus coming, Jesus coming, Jesus coming. So people have begun to take that as just a saying, a religious saying, and um, it has no, it carries no weight with the world. Um, because they said, y'all been saying that since the days of his coming. Um, so people are lax, people are slack, and they are not mindful of the time. And so it reminds me of what the scripture tells us in Matthew, in Matthew 24, about the coming of the Lord. Um, he tells us, how the people um, ignored Noah. They ignored his warning. Noah preached for 120 years about the flood, and um, they mocked him and laughed him to scorn. But then once Noah finished the ark and got everything ready, he and his family went in the ark, and all the animals were in the ark, and all the provisions were in the ark. God sealed the ark with his own finger, and then the rain began. So when they knocked on that door, 
saying, Noah, let us in. The Bible says that it was too late because the the waters had already come. It had already started raining, and the door was already shut. Matter of fact, it wasn't just shut. It was sealed. Glory be to God. And so that's a that's a powerful uh, 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 warning to the church that we had better be mindful of the time. The time is short. The time is short. The time is short. Jesus is coming soon. Um, I encountered a woman uh, at a hotel. She was working at a hotel that I was staying at uh, about a year ago, and she saw me. She was the, the housekeeper, and she saw me having devotion, and um, she, uh, I asked her, did she understand, you know, what I was doing? I said, tu sabe Jesus. She said, si, comprende. So she let me know she understood who Jesus was. And uh, I said, Jesus viene, which means Jesus is coming. That woman responded and said, pronto. She knew, yes, Jesus is coming, but she said, quickly. And I was blessed by her response because she and I didn't even speak the same language, but spiritually, she knew what I knew. And that is that Jesus is coming and he's coming quickly. Now, the Bible says he's coming like a thief in the night. All right. So uh, we're going to get into some things tonight because people have been taking this for granted, and they're playing, and they're doing what the Bible says in Matthew 24. And I want to read that. It says that, um, but of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days of Noah that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Lord, of the Son of Man, be. So the Bible says that they were marrying and giving in marriage, and they were eating and drinking, they were partying, they were having a good time, they were doing their own thing, they were not watching, they were not mindful, And the Bible says they suddenly, they did not know when the flood came and took them all away. Now, if we turn to Genesis, Genesis chapter 6, we're going to find out what were the conditions that uh, led up to the coming of the Lord. This is how you know that he's on his way. He's coming. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, that it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives all which they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for he, for that he is also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. 
All right, now I want to drop over to verse number five. The Bible says, God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart were evil, were only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Drop over to verse 11. The earth also was corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So God destroyed the earth because of the corruption and the violence and their wickedness. Those same conditions exist today. Those exact same conditions, corruption, the violence, and the wickedness. So now is the time. If you are going to serve the Lord, if you are going to be saved, born again, washed in the blood, now is the time. Don't put it off. If you are in the ark of safety, stay in the ark of safety. If you are not in the ark of safety, get in the ark of safety, because now is the time. Glory be to God in the highest. Is there anybody with me tonight? Glory be to God. Now is the time. So the people were mocking Noah. They said, y'all been saying this for 120 years. We ain't seen no rain. Matter of fact, what is rain? And Noah kept on building the ark. God gave him specific instructions, measurements, and he told him exactly what to build that ark with. He told him how to pitch it so that it would float. He told Noah where to put the door. He told Noah where to put the window. He told Noah what to bring inside the ark. Noah was on assignment. So while the people were marrying and giving in marriage and eating and drinking and doing their own thing, Noah kept following God's instructions. He kept on working. Because the Bible says, work while it is day, for no man can work when it's night. So Noah kept on working. He worked and he worked and he worked and he worked so many years until everything was finally complete. And then he took his family and he took his sons and their wives and he and his wife, and they got inside that ark. And then it began to rain. And the Bible says that the people knew not when the flood came and suddenly took them all away. Now, why didn't these people know? It wasn't because Noah had not warned them. It was because they had not taken heed to that warning. 
Glory be to God. So this is a warning tonight. This warning is now is the time. If you want to spend eternity with the Lord Jesus, now is the time to make your calling and election sure. Now is the time to get washed in the blood of the Lamb. Now is the time to repent of your sins. Now is the time to be redeemed by the Lord. Now is the time. Don't wait till tomorrow because tomorrow is not promised to you. Yesterday is already gone. So if you want to serve the Lord, now is the time. Don't let somebody tell you, oh, you're too young. Oh, you need to have a little bit more fun. Oh, you need to try a little bit of this and try a little bit of that. And and, and the next thing you know, you have missed it because your time ran out. And then it's too late. Now is the time. All right. So the scripture says, and knowing the time. See, we know the time. Now, let me tell you about this dream I had. I had this dream where I bought a watch. And um, I bought this watch. And for some reason, I didn't set the watch in the store that I bought it in. I went outside on the street to set the watch. So it was like early in the morning, people were, you know, busy scurrying about getting, you know, trying to get to work. So I was stopping people and asking them, did they know the time? I I told them I bought this watch and I need to set the watch. And uh, do you know the time? And everybody said no. Everybody said no, they didn't know the time. They didn't know the time. Now, mind you, it was early in the morning. These people were trying to get to work, but nobody knew the time. So finally, I encountered a woman, and I said, ma'am, can you tell me the time? I, I bought this watch, and I need to set it, and um, but I don't know the time. Can you help me uh, set? Do you know the time? And the woman said, all I know is it's something after eight. And I said, wow, wow. No, she said something to eight something to eight, which meant it was something after seven. Seven is the number of completion. And I said, wow, and woke up. So uh, I knew the, the interpretation of the dream right away. God spoke and said, nobody knows the time. Now, I just read the scripture that nobody knows the minute nor the hour when uh, Jesus is going to return. And that is true. It's Bible. Nobody knows. Nobody knows the time but God. But let me tell you something. There are signs all around us that are pointing to the time. We may not have the exact minute or the exact hour or the exact date. And I I, I just want to pause right here and say uh, to anyone listening, if you encounter people that tell you they have calculated the date of the return of Christ, run for your life. Get away from them because they are liars. Because the Bible says only the Father knows. Nobody else knows. So get away from anybody that says they have calculated uh, the dates because they've been calculating some dates uh, 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 all along, and they've always been wrong. They've always been wrong. We're still here, okay? So get away from those people. 
they are liars. And as a matter of fact, they have been deceived. So get away. Don't you be deceived by them because they they've already been deceived. So the point that I'm trying to make is although we don't know the day nor the hour, we do know that the time is short. You can see the handwriting on the wall. There is a spiritual clock, and we can see signs all around us that lets us know the days are getting darker and darker and darker and darker. And the coming of the Lord is very, very soon. As a matter of fact, the scripture says, "Our for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. So the Bible says now it is high time, high time to awake out of sleep. That, that, that denotes urgency. When it's time, you can say, well, it's time for you to go to work or it's time for you to get off work or it's time for you to take lunch. But when they say it's high time, that means this is urgent, okay? So it is high time to awake out of sleep. That's talking about the people of God who have been sleep. The church is sleep. The people are sleep. And it is high time. This is urgent to awake out of sleep. And that is why God has me blowing the shofar. I've been blowing the shofar now for about two months, but it was not at my own doing. The Lord said, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. This is an urgent warning to God's people so they can prepare themselves for the day of the Lord. So this message still applies today to the people of God even now more so than ever, because God is telling the church that the time is at hand. Playtime is over. There is no more time for playing church or playing with God. Time is winding up. Do you hear what I'm saying? Time is winding up. It's time to get your business straight because time is winding up. If you are not saved, it's time to get saved. It's time to be born again because the word of God is very, very plain. None but the righteous shall see God. And then it also says, who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? He that have clean hands and a pure heart. Then the scriptures also tell us that only none but the righteous shall see God, and holiness without no man shall see the Lord. So it is time. Now is the time. Glory be to God. Now, if we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 29, I'm only going to do the A part of this verse. It says, but this I say, brethren, the time is short. This comes straight from the word of God. The time is short. All right, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, chapter 6 and verse number 2. It says, For I have heard thee, time accepted, and the day of salvation have I succored thee. 
Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So, you know, there are a lot of people that say, well, I'm going to get saved one day. You know, I'm just not ready for that right now. I still got a couple of more things I want to do. So many people have perished and are in hell right now because they put it off to a later date and they didn't know that their soul would be required of them before they got a chance to to give their life to God. So you don't want to play Russian roulette with your life. If you have blood running warm in your veins, if if the breath of God in your lungs you are breathing, now is the time. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what you are doing at this very moment. Now is the time. All right. So I want to talk about this. Now it is high time. Awake out of sleep. Let's look at Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to start at verse 25. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 25. And I'm going to read it to you. It says, but while men slept, his enemy came. Let me read the 24th verse. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up, and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, did not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay. Lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now, When we look at this parable, Jesus was teaching, and he was teaching about a field. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is like it. It's like a man which went out and sowed good seed in his field. And he said, but while men slept, all right, what is that field? The field is is the earth. It's it's the earth, the church, it's the people. Okay, and he said, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed uh, 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 tares among the wheat. Now, what are tares? Tares are wicked people. They represent the wicked. All right, so we got the church, and you got people in this church, and what is happening? There are some wicked people in the church. And then there are some righteous people in the church. And so how did this happen? 
It happened while men slept. Yeah, it happened while men slept, while they were not paying attention, while they were not watching, while they were not praying, while they were not fasting, while they were not divinely aligning themselves with the word of God. But but they were busy being distracted. They they started preaching prosperity messages, and they started worshiping the bishop and the pastor and all these other people, and 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 they lost their focus. So uh, they became lethargic. They became sleepy, and they began to sleep because they couldn't discern spiritual things. They couldn't discern what was going on. So while men slept, his enemy came and sold tares among the wheat. You got people going to church that look just as saved. They look saved. They 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 know how to shout. Some of them speak in a tongue. They jump. They buck, and, and they appear to be holy men and women of God. But they are not. They are not. They are wolves in sheep's clothing. And they are ravening wolves. They come in to devour the church. They come in to devour the saints. They have not the spirit of God. And they are in there and they look the part. They are dressed nice. They drive nice cars. They live in nice communities. They have good jobs. They pay tithes. They do all the all the, the rituals. They take communion. They do they they do just what they see us doing. But guess what? Their hearts are wicked because they have not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They have not repented of their sins. They have not been forgiven. As a matter of fact, they have not even stopped doing the wicked deeds that they once did before they came in the church. So they just came in the church. They, they, the church ain't in them. And they have come into the house of God, and they have uh, 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 deceived so many. They are pastors, they are evangelists, they are leaders, they are teachers. They hold positions. They are deacons. They are they hold positions in the church, but their heart is far from God. They wear Armani suits. They look nice. They shout. They praise the Lord just like everybody else. But guess what? They are not born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again, born of the water and of the spirit. They are not born again. They're just churchgoers. They're just religious churchgoers. They are upstanding uh, uh, members of the community. They own all these boards and, and all of these things. And they 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 are they are law abiding citizens, uh, not be, not behind closed doors, but openly they appear to be law abiding citizens. But behind closed doors, their deeds are evil, and they are wicked. And they're in the church. They're in the church. They may be sitting beside you right now. They're in the church. And so the scripture says, while men slept. Let's talk about the sleeping church. The Lord showed me in a dream that the church was asleep. I went into a church, and everyone in the church had on their pajamas. Everybody was dressed in pajamas. 
and there was one person on each pew. And most of them, they had on pajamas, they had blankets, they had pillows, and they were reclining. Some were asleep, some were actually asleep, and the others were, um, they were just reclining as if they were waiting for the show to start. So there were two guys in this church, and um, I'm just a spectator there. I'm just watching all of this. There were two guys in this church, and they asked if they could sing a song, and someone told them that they could sing a song. Those two men went up to the front of the church to sing a song, and they were holding hands. And I removed myself. I said, I, 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 I objected to what was going on. I said, I'm not with them. I'm not with this. What, what's going on in here? I'm not with this. So, and then I woke up. So the Lord revealed to me that the church is sleeping. Everybody had on their pajamas. They were sleeping. And then the Lord showed me that uh, there were people on a pew, just laid out. They were already asleep. They had a pillow. They had a blanket over them. They were already asleep. And others were there for the show. So there are those that come to church. They're just coming for the show because there are churches are just, that are just for the show. They're just having a show. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They can't cast out no demons. They can't rebuke. They cannot bind. They cannot loose. They have no power for that. And that is why a lot of these preachers, when they get through preaching, they have their armor bearers to escort them out of the sanctuary. So they have this little entourage. Somebody's got to carry their Bible. Somebody's got to carry all their stuff. And, and somebody's got to have a rag to wipe uh, the sweat off their forehead. And, and they're so foolish, they, they think that's the anointing. They think his sweat is the anointing. And then that preacher has to hurry up and get out of the sanctuary. He don't have time to make an altar call. He don't have time to lay hands on the people. He don't have time. Matter of fact, he don't have no power to do that. He don't have no authority, which is exousia, and he has no dunamis, which is the power. So he better not try to lay hands on nobody. So you don't even see that anymore. You don't see the pastor come down after he is finished preaching. He do not come down and minister to the people. You see, it's more to this than just preaching. You have to come down and minister to God's people. And they're not doing that. Now they have to have an entourage to escort them out of the sanctuary because they have no Holy Ghost power. And without the Holy Ghost, you better not lay hands on nobody because you all remember what happened to the seven sons of Sceva. They tried to do what they saw Paul do, and they had not been filled. Matter of fact, they weren't even saved. <laughs> they weren't even saved. And because they had no relationship with Jesus Christ, they had no power to try to cast out a demon, so they tried it on their own, and guess what? Those demons beat them out of their clothes. 
embarrass them. So that's why you don't see these preachers anymore, these pastors. They do not make altar calls anymore, and, and, and they don't come down out the pulpit to minister to the people no more. Yeah, they cut that completely out because they, they would be embarrassed. Many of them would be embarrassed. Because when those demons manifest, when you rile those demons up and they manifest and you ain't got no power to cast them out, you're going to be in a world of trouble. You're going to be in a world of trouble. And those demons will tell on them. Demons will tell on you. If you are doing something that is not in alignment with the word of God, if you are doing something ungodly, the demons will speak and tell on you. So that's why we don't see any altar calls anymore. But anyway, the people, as I said in this dream, were asleep, and God showed me that the church was asleep. Yeah, the church is asleep, and the church has been asleep for a very long time. It's kind of like the Pied Piper, how came and lured the little children away from the town. How did he do it? He played this music, and the music was enticing. That's the spirit of seduction. I could I could do a whole teaching on that tonight, but I won't. But there is a strong there is a strong spirit of seduction in many churches today. You'll see that demon of lust, you'll see that demon walking through the church, and the spirit of seduction is in these churches today. And it's not always sexual seduction. They are being seduced by preachers. Now, there is a great deal of sexual immorality going on in the church today. Uh, The main thing that I'm talking about at this particular time is the seduction, where people are being seduced away from the teaching and the focus on Jesus Christ till it's all about the pastor. It's all about the bishop. It's all about my apostles. Yeah, people are being seduced, and they're following after men, men who have no power. They're following after men, and they're under their spell. They've been seduced. And the scripture tells us, be not deceived. So while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. Now the tares are the wicked, and the wheat is the righteous. So you got you got the church that is filled with um, um, the seed, which is the they got good seed in there, and you got tares among the wheat. And the Bible says that the blade sprung up. So you see it. If you plant a seed, you're going to get a harvest. If you plant a good seed, you're going to get a good harvest. If you plant a bad seed, you're going to get a corrupt harvest. All right? So the harvest, which was the fruit, appeared. But the Bible says the tares also. You got the righteous in the church, which are the result of the good seed, and then you got the wicked, which are the tares. And so the servant said, uh, Master, how did this happen? And uh, didn't we sow good seed? 
He said, where, where did these tares come from? And, and he said to them, an enemy have done this. So Satan has sent the wicked. You know, it, it amazes me how people will come to church, but they don't want to serve the Lord. They're just churchgoers. Why go to hell sitting in the church? When you can get truly born again, that is if you're in the right church. If you're in the right kind of church, you can truly be born again. You don't have to play church. So an enemy came in and sold these chairs. And so he said, well, do you want us to go out and, and, and gather them up? And, and, and the Lord said, no, no. He said, because while you're gathering them up, while you're gathering up the tares, you're going to pull up some wheat also. He said, let them grow together. That's why you see wicked people in the house of God. That's why you see all sorts of ungodliness uh, going on in the house of God. God said, let them grow together. And then there are uh, some righteous people in there, people really serving the Lord, people really doing what's right. He said, let them grow together. He said, and I will come in the time of harvest. So here's that word again, time, the time of harvest. Now is the time. So in the time of harvest, which is very, very soon, Jesus is coming, and he's going to say to the reapers, Gather together first the tares. In other words, get the wicked out of here first and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Oh, I'm telling you, if you are listening to the sound of my voice tonight, if you are in sin, if you are struggling, I encourage you tonight to get on your knees and cry out to God because now is the time. Now is the time to come clean with the Lord. Now is the time to stop pretending that you're saved. Now is the time to be saved. Now is the time to give your heart to Jesus Christ. Now is the time. I remember an incident back in 2008. I was living in Raleigh, North Carolina. I met a young lady, and she and I became friends, and she invited me to her church on several occasions. But anyway, this particular time, she invited me to come to a funeral at her church. And I went. I didn't know the deceased, but it was a young girl. She was 18 years old. And I went to the funeral of this young girl. And, of course, it was right after um, graduation. So all of her friends were there. All of her friends were there. And I listened to this story from her best friend, which was the pastor's daughter. They grew up together in that church. And this girl uh, who, who died, she grew up and left the church, and um, they kept inviting her to come back and inviting her to come back, and, and she told the pastor, she said, I'm coming back one day. 
He kept saying that, I'm coming back one day. So finally, um, she said, I'm coming Easter Sunday. And she kept her word. She came back on Easter Sunday. But they knew that she was not the same person. And so uh, she did keep her word, and she came back that Easter Sunday. Not long after that, her parents had bought her a a new car for graduation. She was driving fast. She um, got killed. She came back to church, but she never recommitted her life to the Lord. She kept her word and came that Easter Sunday, but she never repented of her sins, and she never uh, recommitted, rededicated her life to the Lord. And so all these young people were in this, at this girl's funeral. Her school was there. They graduated her posthumously. And uh, she had on, she was laying in the casket. She had on her cheerleading outfit. She was a very popular girl. And all these young people were at this young lady's funeral. And I was praying that this pastor would make an altar call. I sat in the back of the church because I didn't know anyone. And um, and I listened intently. And this pastor got up to say some words, but he never made an altar call. What he did was he skirted around it. He kind of, you know, if this, if uh, maybe you might feel like uh, having a talk with Jesus in your own quiet time, maybe in your room or something like that, instead of calling these young people to the altar at this moment. Their hearts were broken. Many of them had a second uh, uh, opinion about life. They knew at this point, you don't live forever. So they were ready. They were right. They were ready. And he pushed it off. He brushed it off. Uh, They could do this. They could uh, 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 do this on their own. And he told them, in your own leisure. And I was grieved. I was so grieved that he handled it this way. And I began to weep. Not for this deceased girl, because I didn't even know her. I wept for the pastor, and I wept for this church. So this old lady was coming out of the church when the funeral was over. She was coming out of the church, and she looked at me, and she said, Honey, did you know her? I said, No, ma'am. I'm weeping for y'all. I wept for them. I wept over them because they had all those young souls in that church. And the pastor passed over the opportunity to lead any of them to Christ. And I was grieved to my spirit. My heart was grieved. Because just like that young lady said, she would come back to church on Easter Sunday. She never took the time to give her life back to Christ. She never, she had backslidden. She never actually uh, 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 came back to him. So this pastor taking a chance by letting these young people uh, do this in their leisure, in their own free time and 
maybe when you, uh, you know, feel like it or something like that. I, I thought this is ridiculous. You see, today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is not promised to you. Tomorrow was not promised to that young lady. Tomorrow was not promised to her friends, those young people. Today is the day. And he passed it up. And that taught me a very important lesson. That taught me a very important lesson, teachable moment, and God had me there to see. So that's why when people ask me to pray for them, I pray right on the spot. I don't tell them I'm going to pray later and then get home and get busy and get sidetracked and forget. I say, let's pray now. Because I don't know. I don't know where death is for me or them. So I take this thing very seriously. And if they don't want prayer right then, then I know they really don't want prayer. I don't care if I'm in the grocery store. I don't care if I'm in the mall. I don't care if I'm in the bank. I don't care if I'm in the doctor's office. I don't care where I'm at. If they want prayer, let's pray now. Because their soul might be required of them that same day or before I see them again. So I pray for people right there on the spot. Glory be to God. So he said, bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat. The wicked are going to burn, but the righteous will be gathered into his barn. Now is the time. You see, God deals with time differently than man. Man operates in chronos, that's chronological time, such as midnight, 1201, 1202, 1203. But God operates in kairos, which is season. There is seed, time, and harvest. Summer, spring, winter, and fall. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 tells us, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. There's a time to live, a time to die, a time to rejoice, a time to mourn, a time to keep silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time to war, and a time for peace, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to kill, and a time to heal. There's a time for everything. And the scripture says God has set everything in motion according to his will and his time. Do you know what time it is? Do you know what season you are living in? Have you taken the time to consider where you will spend eternity? Your grandmama, not where grandmama is, not where grandpa is, not where mama is going or where daddy is going, but where will you spend eternity? That is the most important question there is today. Do you know where you will spend eternity? If Jesus comes back right now, 
Can you go back with him? Will you go back with him? You know, so many people said, yes, I'm saved. I believe. I, I believe. I believe. But have you repented of your sins and been washed in the blood of the Lamb? The Bible says the devils uh, uh, believe and tremble. So you got to move past that. If you breathe out right now and don't breathe back in, will you spend eternity with the Lord Jesus? Or will you be cast into hell out of darkness? Now is the time. Now is the time. This is the acceptable time to make your calling and election sure, according to 2 Peter 1 and 10. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This very moment, it is all the time that we have. This is the day of the Lord, and tomorrow is not promised to anyone. Second Timothy tells us, let's look at it, Second Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5. It tells us that these are perilous times when men and women will not endure sound doctrine. What is sound doctrine? The truth. People don't want to hear the truth anymore. People don't want to hear that a girl is a girl. People don't want to hear that a boy is a boy. They're talking, they, they, they make up words. They say who they identify with. The devil is a liar. The Bible says he made them male and female in his image. So it ain't who you identify with. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I'm a black woman. I cannot say that I'm a white woman. I cannot say I identify with being a white uh, 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 millionaire. I can say it all day, but let me go in the bank and try that and see won't they call the police and, and have me carried out of there. They say, ma'am, you put on this application that you were uh, uh, white and that you had a uh, uh, million dollars. Yeah, but that's who I identify with. You see how foolish that is? That doesn't work in nowhere else. Except when it comes to gender. All of a sudden, you can say who you identify with, and that's what you are. That is a lie. And I don't care who you identify with, that's not going to change who God made you to be. So people don't want to hear truth. People don't want to hear that sin is sin and righteousness is, is, is what is righteousness. It's what God says it is. People don't want to hear that. People don't want to hear that homosexuality is an abomination, especially if it's in their family. They don't want to hear that. They say, well, I believe God understands. He does understand. That's why he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that we could be saved, so that we could be born again. People say, well, he was born this way, then get born again. That's real simple. Just get born again. So people don't want to endure sound doctrine. None but the righteous shall see God. I didn't write that. That didn't come from me. 
It's God's word. Holiness without, no man shall see the Lord. Holiness is not a denomination. Holiness is God's standard for God's people. It is the way to live the Christian life. And God set the standard, and he set the bar high. And then he gave us power, because you can't do this on your own, but he gave us power to do it. Glory be to God in the highest. So people don't want to endure sound doctrine. People don't want you to call sin, sin. They don't want you to call uh, uh, these things out. They say, I don't see nothing wrong with it. But it doesn't matter what you see. It's what the Word of God says. It doesn't matter how you see it. Your opinion doesn't count here. It's the Word of God. That's the standard, the Word of God. And I agree with the Word of God, even if I'm guilty. I agree with the Word of God. In the last days, Perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers. Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. All of this describes our culture today. All of this. Disobedient to parents, they're unthankful. I've never seen so many entitled young people in my life. Covetous. My husband and I, we went out to eat today, and um, uh, there was a couple came in. They had a little boy, and uh, his name was Johnny Lee. And Johnny Lee was running around the restaurant, and they kept calling him Johnny Lee. He's a little fellow. Just couldn't have been no more than three or four. And they kept saying, Johnny Lee, come here. Come here, Johnny Lee. You know what Johnny Lee told them? I'll be right back. And he kept going. Three or four years old, he said, I'll be back. Disobedient. Boy, my grandmother, she would have settled that one in no time. She would have fixed that in no time. Blasphemers, proud. You look at some of these people today. I mean, this. Uh, you, you you just see you just see all this stuff that's going on. Uh, all this cross dressing, all this transhumanism, all this trans transgendering. All of this stuff is from the pit of hell. Satan is deceiving people. He's deceiving people to make them think they're something that they're not. Truth breakers, unholy, without natural affection, false accusers, 
They call us haters now. We're not haters. Incontinent. They're fierce. Uh, I watched a video yesterday, and a group of kids in a school in Baltimore, they got into a brawl that was unbelievable. Then I saw on today where two guys went and shot a guy over a football game. Then, now, wasn't a few weeks ago uh, at a Little League game, uh, somebody broke out and, and shot one of the coaches at the Little League football game. That spirit of rage. They're fierce. Despises of those that are good. Oh, they hate the righteous. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. They love pleasure. And I'm going to tell you something. Now, some of the saints are guilty of this. You know what the saints are saying? God wants me to be happy. You can't find that nowhere in the scripture. The word happy means blessed. The word happy means blessed. So blessed are ye that mourn. Blessed are the peacemakers. But you will not find a verse in there that says, blessed are the happy. Happiness is, is, is really a, 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 a temporary condition. It can come or go. But blessedness is eternal. So people are doing things now that make them happy. Doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong. They don't care. They just want to be happy. So the axe murderer, he gets an axe and goes chopping up people because that makes him happy. Then the, the pedophile, he, he goes and, and, and does terrible things to children because that makes him happy. And then the rapist, he goes and does terrible things because that makes him happy. The bank robber, he goes and robs the bank because that makes him happy. You see how ridiculous this sounds? God has not promised us to be happy. He promises us to be blessed. And there are conditions for it. We will be blessed if we do what he says do. Happiness is temporary. You can be happy one minute and something come up and you are not happy. It's like uh, the guy was singing the song. He made the song uh, happy. And, boy, everybody was singing happy and happy and just being happy. And everybody was dancing. It was a catchy little beat to it. But God did not say anything about us being happy. He said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Glory be to God. He promised us joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, meekness, gentleness, temperance, long-suffering, goodness. Happiness is not one of the fruit of the Spirit because happiness is temporary. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. They look like they have in church, and that's what they say every Sunday. Boy, we had church today. 
Who got saved? Nobody. Who got delivered? Nobody. Who who cast out a demon? Nobody. Who got set free? Nobody. But we had church today. What the preacher preach on? I can't even remember. He preached on something. I don't know, but it sounded good. A form of godliness. But denying the power thereof. They deny. They reject the Holy Spirit. They don't want that in their church. He ain't on the program. Spirit come in and wreck the house. And they trying to keep it neat and orderly. They want it to look good on the camera. Holy Spirit's not interested in that. You know, I remember when I was a young girl, there used to be a commercial about star kids. And Charlie Tuna, he was always trying to get in uh, star kids because he was trying to show them that he had good taste. And they would say, sorry, Charlie, Starkiss is not looking for tuna with good taste. Starkiss is looking for tuna that tastes good. God is not looking for people with good taste and talent and all of this. He's not looking for entertainment. He said the hour has come and now is for the true worshipers. Are there any true worshipers listening to the sound of my voice tonight? True worshipers, glory be to God. God is interested in true worshipers, those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. The true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such. He's not looking for talented people. He's not looking for somebody that can sing the paint off the wall. He's looking for somebody to worship him. When things are going good, when things are not going good, somebody who will say, blessed be the name of the Lord, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. If he slay me, yet will I trust him. God is looking for true worshipers, those that know that if he's God on the mountain, he's God in the valley. God is a spirit, and they that worship him, must worship him in spirit and in truth. We got to work while it's day because no man can work when night comes. First John 2 and 18 says, little children, it is the last time. That tells us time almost over. Just about over. The very first scripture that I read to you confirms that. It says, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. It's time to make sure that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and that you are not playing Russian roulette with your life. We don't have time to waste guessing or hoping that you can make it in. You don't want to be like the five foolish virgins. They knew the bridegroom was coming. And they went to meet him. But they didn't have sufficient oil in their lamp. They didn't. They didn't carry enough oil with them. So when their lamps 
when their oil burned out, they asked the wise, give us some of your oil. They said, uh-uh, we can't give you none of our oil. They said, you go into town and buy some. And while they were gone, the bridegroom came. And they had gone in and shut the door. My God, my God. That's a message. That's a message to the church. Now is the time. We need to know for sure. And if you repent of your sin and be washed in the blood of Jesus, you can know for certain where you're going to spend eternity. The time is now. All you have to do is get on your knees right where you are. You can be saved right here and right now. God has already made a way of escape, already sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to die in your place. And his blood was shed for your sins and mine. All you have to do is ask him to save you now. Say, Lord, I want to be saved. Lord, save me now. Lord, I repent of my sins and begin to confess your sins. Begin to tell, to, to confess those things that you have done. Begin to cry out to the Lord. And ask him to come. Ask him to come and save you. Ask him to come and deliver you. Ask him to come and set you free. Come while the anointing is flowing. When you hear God calling your name, you know you still got time. But the time is now. Glory be to God in the highest. You have been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. Time to redeem the time. Redeem it now. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm. Cry loud and spare not. Let God know that you are hungry for him. And you are thirsting after him. You really want to be saved. Do it now. Tomorrow is not promised to you. Glory be to God. Do it now. The Bible says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You will be filled if you hunger and thirst after righteousness. You see, if you thirst after righteousness, you'll want to live a godly life. I remember when I was unsaved. I heard a song on the radio one time by the Clark sisters, and it was about being made holy. The song was, I Want to Be Holy. 
and I was a rank sinner. I was cracked out. But that song began to minister to me, and I began to weep. I began to cry, and I didn't care. I lived in a rooming house. I didn't care about the people in the other rooms hearing me. I didn't. I did not care. I cried out to the Lord because one thing I knew that I was unclean, and I knew that I was not holy, and I knew if I died in my sin, hell would be my home. And I asked the Lord to make me holy. I saw my wickedness. I saw my filth. I saw it. I saw my unrighteousness. And I wanted to be like Jesus. I wanted to be holy. And I cried out from the depths of my heart. I didn't get saved that day. But I can tell you one thing. Something happened in that room that day. Something happened. Something happened to me that day in that room. It was a cry like never before. It came from my gut. It came deep from within. I mourned over my sin. You see, the time had come. The time had come for me to give up the high cost of low living. The time had come. And it wasn't long after that that I did get saved. It wasn't long after that the Lord saved me. It's been 28 years. These have been the best years of my life. And I thank him. I thank the Lord because if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I know where I would be today. You see, there comes a point in every man's life you're going to have to give an account. Your deed. You're going to have to reconcile your account with God. Now is the time. I would encourage you right now, those that are listening to this broadcast, to just fall on your knees and begin to cry out to God. No matter what you're struggling with, no matter what you're going through, no matter what it is, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. There's nothing too hard. He can save from the guttermost to the uttermost. I know personally because he saved me. And I was a wretch under. I was wretched. Not only was I strung out on crack cocaine, I became a prostitute. 
a street prostitute, in and out of jail, in and out of prison. I've been raped repeatedly. I was even once robbed, stabbed, and left for dead in an alley. But God saved a miserable wretch like me. I was the crackhead of crackheads. I was the chiefest of sinners. I was wicked. I was vile. I was unclean, but I was on my way to hell. The Lord intervened. Hell would be my home today if God hadn't saved me. And he turned my whole life around. Today, I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ all over the world, and I gladly do it. I want people to know this Jesus that can save anybody. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brother, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound things which are mighty of the world and things which are despised have God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. You see, that's that's a description of me. I was a foolish thing, a weak thing, and a base thing. And God chose me. He said, I can fix her. I can save her. I can show forth my glory in her life. He said, I don't have to throw her away. I can fix her and use her for my glory. And that's what he has done. And I give him praise. It's been 28 years since I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. And he gloriously saved me. And then not long after that, he filled me with the Holy Ghost. Because God knew I was going to need power from on high to live this Christian life. You see, I'm not telling you that it's easy to live the Christian life. As a matter of fact, if you are a Christian, the enemy is on your track. But you're in the right place. You're in the right place. Because you're on the Lord's side. And he is our very present help in the time of trouble. He is our strength and our refuge, our way maker, our provider. 
He cares for us. Glory be to God. I can go to God with anything. I can tell God anything. And the reason I tell it to him is because he knows it anyhow. He knows everything about me. Good God Almighty. And he still loves me. Now is the time. Now is the time to come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God, which is the kingdom of light. Now is the time to give your heart to Jesus Christ. He will save you. He will deliver you. And he will set you free. All you got to do is ask. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. You see, the preacher can't put you in heaven. Oh, they get up and lie at, at, at so many funerals. They get up and, and, and say uh, 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 certain people are in the heavenly choir and that they're in heaven now and, and everything's all right. And, 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 and these people, these people, a lot of them didn't even make it. They weren't saved. They get up and say all kind of nice things about them trying to comfort the family and make the family feel good instead of putting the fear of God in them and causing them to tremble. You know, the Bible says that when Samuel went down to the house of Jesse to choose a king for the Lord, the scripture says that when the men at the gate, when they saw him coming, The Bible said they trembled at the gate. This gospel ought to make you tremble. Because if you die without Jesus Christ, hell will be your home. And hell is a place of damnation and eternal separation and torment. And it's forever. It will never stop. Scripture says where the worm will never die. Woo! Glory be to God in the highest. But you were not created for hell. But you have to make your choice. Joshua said in Joshua 24 and 15, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Glory be to God in the highest. Is the time. Now is the time to make your calling and election sure. Now is the time to repent of your sins and be born again. Now is the time to ask God's forgiveness. Now is the time to cry out unto the Lord 
Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Harden not your heart as in the provocation. Somebody laid down last night and didn't wake up this morning. Now is the time. May God bless you. Oh, I want to read another scripture. Let me read Revelation. Revelation 1 and 3. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Acts chapter 17, verse 30 and 31. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And the times of this ignorance, God winked at. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he have raised him from the dead. Talking about Jesus. That man is Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And the next verse says, and when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked and others said, we will hear these be again of this matter. You see, some of them believed, and some of them didn't. Paul told them, it's time for men, all men everywhere, to repent. Because he has appointed a day, a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. Glory be to God. By that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance, the blessed assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. Glory be to God. Now is the time. Now is the time, people. Now is the time. Oh, thank you, Lord. Now is the time. The time is short. Now is the accepted time. And the time is at hand. Now is the time. May God bless you. And amen. Good night. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor Gwynn. Coming to you live from Walls of Fire, Deliverance Ministry International. With the word of God, now is the time. May God richly bless you.
I pray that those who heard this message tonight have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. Amen. God bless you, and good night.